And good morning, Hillcrest Online. It's a blessing to be here with you. My name's Ashley Taylor, and uh, I get a chance to preach here once in a while, and I'm thrilled to do that. I was a pastor for about 20 years. Um, I now do accounting for almost 10 years. So that's, that's a good 30 years of my life. Does anybody recognize me from those things? Almost no one. If anybody in the community recognizes me, they look at me and they go, where do I know that guy from? And it's from two things. I, I umpire baseball and I referee volleyball. A few weeks ago, I was on the diamond and the first base coach comes up and he just looks at me. I know you from somewhere. And I looked at him and I went, volleyball. Yes, that's it. Yes, exactly. That's how anybody recognizes me these days, but that's, that's okay. Uh, my wife and I have been coming to Hillcrest for uh, almost 10 years now. Uh, my daughter was on staff here. In fact, you get to see my daughter, uh, especially if you're online, you get to see her every week because she's in that closing video. Uh, my son-in-law is on the elders board, so we've got a very close connection here with, with Hillcrest. It is always a joy and a privilege to come and bring the word of God to uh, the family here this morning. We are going through Hebrews this summer. We've been going through it for a number of weeks now. It is a fantastic book of the Bible. It's one of the books of the Bible that, to me, I need to read it on a slower pace. Read it a little slower, a little bit more meditatively, um, and, and you get more out of it. That's the way I read it, and I love it. It's wonderful to do that. We need to get the most out of what the Savior wanted for us from this book. Now, here's a question. I'm not sure how many of you will be able to answer it, but how many of you know of or have seen or aware of the movie, the Disney movie, Fantasia from the 1940s? Not the newer one. I hear it's the newer one. From the 1940s? Ooh, I'm not seeing a lot of hands there. Well, a few of you have seen it. If any of you have seen that movie, you, you go through it and it is just a sensory blur it is such an interesting movie. In fact, I just, I couldn't handle it. I just couldn't handle it when I watched that. If you have one of those, you know, clunky old VHS tapes of Fantasia, well, you're, you're probably going to get a lot of money for it. I, I'm sure I had one of those in the early 1990s when, when those things were all the rage. Um, but if you've ever seen that movie, it's so much, so much going on. That's kind of what I felt like. When I looked up my passage for this morning, I, I read through it and I saw some of the things that were going on in our passage, and I was like, there is so much going on here. It was, it's almost too much, but we're going to do our best to try to get through it and to try to see what we can out of this wonderful passage of Scripture. It is full of references and allusions and imagery from the Old Testament. I'm, I'm going to mention a few of them. But uh, there's just so much in it. And so I'd invite you with me to come and, and to hear it this morning. I can't do justice to them all. So I'm just going to cherry pick a handful of them for us this morning. So because of that, my sincerest apologies for only skimming through some of the great stuff that's in this great passage in Hebrews chapter 12. Let's pray this morning as we get into the word. Lord Jesus, we thank you for being here with us. We thank you that we can come together, learn, hear, from you, Lord. From you, Lord. And we thank you for that. Lord, prepare our hearts to hear your word. May your spirit be guiding us. I continue to pray all those that are leading and helping and running Mega Sports Camp this week, Lord. We are so excited for that. 
May that just be a blessing this week. And all the things that Laura mentioned to us this morning, Lord, we just echo those things and we pray for them. Guide us in that, Lord, we do pray. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. About a month ago, it was about a month ago, um, I came to Pastor Kurt and I said, you know, it's great that I'm preaching here on August the 1st. I suddenly find myself needing to go out, not only out of town, but out of province for my first uh, airplane flight in, in almost two years. And he so kindly switched passages with me. And so this was a month ago. So a month ago was July the 8th. And so I looked up my passage the new passage that I was now preaching on August the 8th, and I must admit my first reaction was I laughed. I laughed when I saw the passage. Now, we'll get back to that in a minute, and I'll tell you why I laughed. What was a month ago? July the 8th. And what was happening in Saskatchewan on July the 8th? We were getting ready for all our restrictions and everything to come away on July the 11th. Fantastic day. And of course, July 11th, the first day of no restrictions was a Sunday. And so on about July 8th, while well, I'm looking at this brand new passage that I have to, I have to preach now, and, and I thought it was great. I laughed a little. I'll get back to that. And I was thinking at that point, okay, July 11th, church, we're completely open. Don't have to sign up. Don't have to put a mask on. Don't have to, don't have to do any of those things. And I just didn't know. I'm sure a lot of us were having a lot of different reactions on that Sunday. Some were probably just overjoyed and couldn't wait. And some were like, ah, I'm not sure. There were a lot of different reactions, and that's completely fine. Just completely fine. And I had some of those reactions. I thought to myself, because in the previous you know, year and a bit, you know, I'd watched online, I'd come to church when we were open up, and we did the Mass, and we'd done all those things. And so when I was deciding for myself on July 11th, because my wife was, was away at that time, I had to make a decision. I thought to myself, well, what do I do? Do I watch online? Do I come to church? Do I come and and participate here? And if I do, should I wear a mask? And all these things were running through my head. And so July 11th came, and I made my decision. I came to church. I walked in the front door without my mask, and I walked in, and I turned left. And I turned left, and I went down the hallway to that door over there, and I ran down the side, and I got to a nice spot right over here. Now, come over here with me for just a second, because this, this is the end section. I am end section people. And it's a special group of us that come to the end section. Is that not right? Are we special over here? A few of us are. A few of us are embarrassed. I'm sorry about that. But I got in just a few minutes after 10.30, and there was nobody around me, and I was thrilled. And then 10.35 came, and 10.40 came, and 10.45, and I am sorry to say, at 10.30 a.m., not everybody who's coming to church is going to be sitting down. So by the time the service got, you know, partially the way, everybody had filled in around me. And so I had a little bit of a reaction. I had a little bit of fear. And there's, there's a good reason for that. I'm one of those that are immunocompromised, so I'm a little bit more careful with those that are around me. And so I do those things. It was an interesting day. Do you remember that I said that I laughed 
when I saw my scripture passage. Here is why. We were coming up to July 11th, and this is what it said on the top of my scripture passage. The mountain of fear and the mountain of joy. And I saw that, and I just, I couldn't help but laugh, because I knew what was coming. I knew what was coming that Sunday. I had some fear that morning, as I've said. But the bulk of what I saw that morning, and every week since, I've been here every week since, is I've seen a lot of joy. It's been wonderful. It's been wonderful. The first four verses of our passage that we're going to talk about this morning are about fear. And we want to hear those uh, with us this morning. Uh, Pastor Laura is going to read those for us right now. Good morning, Hillcrest. I'm Laura Stackrook. I'm the kids pastor here at Hillcrest, and it's my privilege to share with you the reading of the word today. I'm reading from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 18 through 28. You have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire, to darkness and gloom and storm, to a trumpet blast or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word would be spoken to them because they could not bear what was commanded. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. You have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire. Now, the interesting thing here is the writer of Hebrews does not make any mention at all of what this mountain is. But the thing is, he doesn't need to. He doesn't need to do that. As I've mentioned, the readers here of this passage, the people that receive this letter, they would instantly understand what's going on. They understood the Old Testament scriptures. They would understand what the writer is talking about. This is Mount Sinai, where Moses received the Ten Commandments. The imagery here, fire, darkness, gloom, storm, these things are vivid descriptions. A trumpet blast, a voice speaking words. They could not bear what was commanded. Now, some background to this is in Exodus chapter 20. I believe it's going to be up on the screen for us. Let me just read a couple of verses here. Exodus 20, verses 18 and 19. When the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. There is fear. Why? Why is there fear? Donald Hagner, a New Testament teacher, says this about about this passage. The awesome and absolute holiness of God's presence was unapproachable. Very interesting comment there. There's so much to unpack here. In fact, these four verses, again, as I've said, they are full of amazing imagery. But the point the writer of Hebrews is trying to make is this. The Old Covenant, the Old Testament, was characterized by fear. The writer is giving us a glimpse into Old Testament Jewish life. 
before Christ. And so now the first half of the contract is done. The first half is done, and we're ready to see the second part, and that's Christ. Remember, what is the book of Hebrews? What is the writer of the book of Hebrews trying to tell us? Our uh, speakers this summer have been alluding to this just about every week. They're trying to do two things for us. The writer of Hebrews says we need to elevate Jesus as superior. Secondly, despite persecution, to remain faithful to Jesus Christ. Here's scripture reading number two, Hebrews 12, 23 to 24. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, to heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels joyfully assembled to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. I'm probably going to get the same response to this as Fantasia, and I'm kind of expecting this, but how many here have heard of a place in the United States called Mount Katadin? Anybody heard of it? I can't believe I'm even going to have less hands on this one. Okay. Mount Katadin. This is a a mountain in the state of Maine in the United States. It is the northern end of the Appalachian Trail. The Appalachian Trail, let me get the facts straight here because it changes every year, in 2021 is 2,193.1 miles long. Or if you're metrically inclined, 3,529 kilometers. And every year, hundreds upon hundreds of people try to hike the entire thing. It's called a, it's called a through hike. It's called a through hike, and about one in four of the people that start this actually complete it. And it typically takes about five to seven months to do it. Most people do it by starting at the southern end and going to the northern end. They start in the state of Georgia and they go through, I think it's about 14 states. And the end of the trail is the summit of Mount Katadin. And at that summit, if you have done all 2,193 miles... You're pretty excited. You're pretty excited. And at the top of that mountain is a sign that hikers dream of seeing. And those that finish the hike, that go through all those miles over all those months, they dream of seeing it and they want their picture with it, on it, under it, beside it, in any way they can. So on your screen here, you're going to see a few pictures of people who have finished a through hike. This is what they look like. The good thing is you can't smell them either. A lot of them haven't had a shower for quite a while. So since the the trail came into existence sometime, I think, in the 1930s, about 20,000 people have officially done this, have officially done a through hike. And so when you see pictures like this, what do you think is running through the minds of these people after so many months of hiking to get to the end of this journey? Joy. They're thrilled. They're excited. They made it. It's an incredible accomplishment for them. They have a lot of joy. 
Hebrews 12, 18 starts and tells us that we have not come to Mount Sinai. But verse 22 says that we have come to Mount Zion. Now, Mount Zion is in uh, Jerusalem, and for us in the New Covenant, Mount Zion represents the, the heavenly Jerusalem. Can you at all picture, excuse me, can you at all picture what the writer here shares with us? Thousands upon thousands of angels. I can't even fathom what that looks like. It, it must be an amazing sight. And what are they doing? They are in joyful assembly. Can you imagine the worship of thousands upon thousands of angels? That is joy. Pure and amazing joy. More joy, believe it or not, than seeing Canadians win gold medals at the Olympics. Like last night. For years and years, I have been a devoted fan and follower of the Canadian women's uh, national soccer team. And they won? Yeah. I was thrilled the other day early in the morning when, when we won that gold medal. Absolutely thrilled. More joy than a child or a grandchild seeing them succeed at something they've been trying so hard to learn. More joy than seeing a family member who you haven't seen perhaps in a couple of years. Why? Why is there more joy in Hebrews 12? Because our names are written in heaven. These things like gold medals and seeing people, this is temporary joy. But this is the permanent joy here in Hebrews chapter 12. We are the church of the firstborn. We have Jesus. Jesus is the mediator of a new covenant. A new covenant for us. If you've accepted the sacrifice of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior... The sprinkled blood, as we see here in verse 24, that new covenant is personally yours. Personally yours. I want to share one more uh, great thing about these verses here, but first, I'm going to give you some background. I've regaled my family uh, with tales of my high school English classes, and I'm going to share with you one little thing that happened during mine. Uh, My wife was the last graduating class and I was the second last graduating class of grade 13 in Ontario. We had five glorious years of high school instead of four. Wasn't it wonderful, Lisa? It was amazing, just amazing. So we both went to grade 13. And I, because of who I am, I took all three math classes that were, that were available to me in grade 13 because math rocks, right? Do we have some amens to that? Yeah. I took one physics class. I really enjoyed that. And I took the absolute minimum I had to take of English. After four years of English in high school, I was just a little bit tired of Shakespeare and all the other stuff we had to do. So I took the alternate grade 13 class, and it was called Grade 13 Canadian Literature. I can remember one thing, absolutely one thing, uh, that I did in that class. I wrote an award-winning poem in that class that year, and I can remember the very first two lines of it. And I would like to share these amazing lines with you this morning. Are you ready? The wind whistles through the flora. 
north of Kenora. <laughs> Wasn't that the most amazing beginning to a poem you have ever heard? I share that with anybody I can. My kids have heard that so many times. They roll their eyes at me when I share that. But of course, the reason I share that, I was never any good at high school English. And I want to share with you something that's really neat here in Hebrews 12, but it has to do with English. So I might butcher a little bit. So if I'm doing something wrong, please feel free to come and tell me afterwards. But this is what I got out of it. This is what I got. The first four words in verse 22, they have a lot of meaning. And we should understand and unpack them. The words are this. But you have come. Now, those four words, it is in the the perfect tense. And in the perfect tense, we have two uh, different but complementary things happening here. But you have come. It's something that arrived in the past, but it's something we enjoy in the present. If you're a Christian, you have already received your salvation. It's been fulfilled, but not yet consummated. The heavenly Jerusalem, Mount Zion, is yours. It's yours. To use an imperfect worldly analogy, it's as if we hold the winning lottery ticket in our hand. You're a millionaire. You haven't gone to the office yet to collect the winnings, but you are a winner. You're a millionaire. We're recipients of the new covenant in Jesus Christ. First, Jesus is superior. Second, remain faithful to him. Here is our third uh, passage of scripture, or, or the third part of our passage this morning. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape who refused him, who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. Amen. So the bulk of what I wanted to share this morning about the passage uh, comes from those first two sections, the mountain of fear and the mountain of joy. But the end part here uh, tells us some interesting things as well. So as we near the end of our passage, the author uh, reminds us to remember the consequences. He argues from the lesser to the greater. The Israelites' disobedience, their disobedience to the covenant at Sinai led to difficult and painful circumstances for them. Even greater are the consequences of those who turn away from the new covenant, from Christ. Salvation, eternal separation from God. The warning here for us is simply this. Do not lapse 
from your faith. Rekindle your joy for the Savior. Rediscover your love for the Word. Reawaken your delight in the church. It was definitely relatively easy over the past year and a half as, you know, church sort of closed down and we went online and things changed a lot. It was easy to just sort of fade into the background and not really think about our faith too much. It was an easy thing to do. And I admit sometimes it felt like that for me. But the writer of Hebrews here tells us in verse 25, there are terrible consequences if we refuse Jesus on earth. So again, don't lapse in your faith. If you're here this morning checking things out, welcome. Welcome to Hillcrest Church. I hope you make Hillcrest your home and that we can help you in some way grow in a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're watching online this morning, I hope that you use one of the the many different forms of communication that we have to reach out to us so you can come and develop that relationship with Christ. Our last few verses this morning, they speak to that a bit. A reminder to us of what we are receiving in Christ and what we ought to do because of that. So listen to these uh, last two verses again. Hebrews 12, 28 and 29. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. Many years ago, I was uh, pastoring a a small church in a rural setting. Just a small church. Uh, I know I said I was N-section people. That was about the size of our our church seats in that building. So things were relatively quiet. The phone hardly ever rang. Uh, one weekend, we had some uh, friends, and they were coming to stay with us that weekend, and uh, Sunday morning came, and I went into the church early, as I, as I always did, preparing for the service that day, and the phone rang. And I picked it up, and uh, the person on the other end uh, was asking something bizarre. I think they were trying to order a pizza or something. And after a few seconds, I realized it was my friends that were over for the weekend, and they were trying to prank me. So they got me for a little bit, but I recognized it pretty quick. And so I hung up the phone. A few minutes later, the phone rings again. I'm ready. And the person gets on the other end of the phone, and they ask me, hey, could you tell me a little bit about your church? And I'm ready now. And so I start telling them all sorts of things that have absolutely nothing whatsoever to do with my church. Just bizarre things. So after 10 or 15 seconds of this, I'm finished feeling really proud of myself that I have beat these people that are trying to prank me. And all of a sudden, there's this uncomfortable silence on the other end of the phone. And that's when I realize this is not my friends trying to prank me. This is somebody that actually wants to find out what is your church about. I'm horrified. I apologize profusely on the phone. And I do explain what's going on with our church and what we are about. Thankfully, that couple that wanted to know a little bit about our church, thankfully they did come that morning. And I apologized in person and we got to know them a little bit. And they began coming to our church 
And over the years, uh, we helped them to understand their faith a little bit more. They were a couple who years, years prior had uh, sort of fallen away a little bit from the faith. And they were seeking to reconnect with God, with the church. And I'm proud that my wife and I had a chance to help them with that. They did come, they stayed, and we became friends with them. They're still our friends to this day, thank goodness. And as verse 28 says, they are thankful. They are thankful for that faith. They do worship God acceptably. They do have a reverence for him, for God, and awe. They do understand that God is a consuming fire. That our God is a God of judgment and love. The writer here in our passage today wants us to understand the difference between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. Between the fear of the Old Testament and the joy of the New Testament. They want us to understand that. And when I look out here today, I see a lot of joy. I see a lot of joy. But I do know that not everyone feels that. Some of you are questioning the faith. Some of you are going through difficult times. And joy is something that you find very difficult to find. Some of you are wondering whether the church can help you with that. Can help you find any joy in your life. That's what the writer of Hebrews is looking for us this morning. My prayer for you today is that you will get the answers you're looking for. That these few verses here in Hebrews 12 will help you understand just a little bit about the joy we can have in Jesus Christ. And the warning to us about how we need to connect with Jesus to rekindle that fire, that love, that joy for our Savior. If we can do anything this morning to help you with that, to help you understand the joy of Jesus Christ, that is my prayer for you this morning. I hope that you will find that, that you will find Jesus, that you will find joy. You will find that love in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's pray this morning. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you came and you are the mediator of a new covenant. Thank you. Thank you for that this morning, Lord. Bless us, Lord, as we continue to understand your word and what it speaks to us of and the joy we can have in you. Guide us this week, Lord. We praise you. We praise you especially and thank you in advance for the wondrous things that you will do at Mega Sports Camp. Guide us, Lord, in that. Lord, we too pray. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, everyone.